Hello there! You are listening to At The Well, the weekly Bible podcast that helps you to see yourself in the stories of Scripture. I'm Jarrell. I'm Charles. And I'm Eli. And we're delighted that you're joining us for this week's discussion. Gentlemen, how's your week been? Same old, same old. Yeah, no complaints. It's, well, I won't say no complaints. (laughs) (laughs) Just trying to be positive on this very pretty day. Um, (laughs) I'm well. Good. Sometimes no news is good news. True that. We did, you did receive the news that Charles is having a boy. And I lost my mind. He was, it was so wonderful. We were in a Zoom meeting and Eli's mic was muted. So we just watched him, <laughs> like, I'm sure, fill his whole house so with much noise, noise. But just like shaking on the screen. I was definitely told to stop yelling. <laughs> by, by people in your household? <laughs> That's hilarious, especially since we couldn't hear the sound. And I just, I have this seared image of how you reacted to the news of the gender of my, of yeah, my second I, child. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. Oh, a- anything to make me giddy. So I guess that's something new that happened this week is yeah. I discovered that my second child, uh, due in February, will be a boy. Yeah, I'm excited. Baby Charles! That will not be his name. I mean, I've said this to you in Jarrell's a good name. So... Godfather to one of my right. children, like I told you. you Back did. off, Jarrell. You're not wrong, but um, I'm also greedy, and I love you, and I love your kids. So there you go. And I haven't seen Aaliyah in a minute. Like I know we need to hang really... out because I think she's still afraid of me. <laughs> I think she is too. <laughs> she's, oh, no. The distance has not made it any better. She doesn't do really well with other males. Yeah. Oh really? Oh yeah. That sucks for me. Um, my. My father-in-law needs to bribe her with puffs or Cheerios oh, or something really? to to get her to come to him, <laughs> which is unfortunate. Which is why I'm excited about a baby boy, because hopefully he'll be able to like, yeah, the I can't homie. wait. I can't wait. He's going to be a homie. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. All right, well, let's get, get things started with our questions of the week segment. If you'd like to submit a question for us to answer during this segment, you can email us at threeguysatthewell at gmail.com. That's number three, then guys at the well, all one word, and lowercase at gmail.com. This one is one that we got in during our last recording session from Terry, my sister-in-law, and she asked us, what is our favorite book of the Bible? I think, that, I don't know if this is actually the case, but two come to mind. Um, one would be Romans, because, wow, talk about, uh, there's just so much it's there. It's dense. It's there's a lot and it's so well laid out and also pretty thorough and intense and there's just a lot to take in um, and it's great and I need to do another study of it because it's fantastic. Mm. Um, And then also Acts because um, Acts is the story of the early church and how the power of the Holy Spirit enabled the early church to, to thrive in the midst of persecution. And it's just kind of like a, um, uh, it, it, it kind of sets the precedent. It's like, this is how it's supposed to be. Um, and, and I love it because I full heartedly believe that the power of the Holy Spirit is as alive now in the church today as it was back then. Well, um, and, um, <clears throat> and just reading about what was happening and what the Holy Spirit was doing uh, is pretty exciting. And yeah, it's, it's a great story. Mm. I will say without a doubt, Exodus and First Kings are my two favorite books of the Bible because Moses and Elijah were present for Christ's transfiguration. Oh, like 
that together, that math to me is beautiful. <laughs> I love it. I love that. Um, I think for me it's Psalms or like you, Charles Acts. I really like the Psalms because of the just the emotion that is in the Psalms. Like it's not just someone. It is a ton of praise for God, and it is a good go-to if I'm like in prayer to like bring praise to God when I don't like necessarily have the words. But it's also just a lot of David, like literally in valleys and just afraid or angry or not trusting who God is. And so it's very genuine. I really like the song because it encourages me to be honest with God because David was very honest with God. And I like really resonate with that. Um, and also Acts. I, I, I just reread Acts and I didn't realize how much, how like just how interesting it is in a lot of different ways. Like, like kind of to your point as well, Charles, like the Holy Spirit is as active today as it was in the Church of Acts. And there's also so many parallels between difficulty within the early church today and difficulty, well, within the other church and difficulty within the church yep. today. It is so like, yep. it is, it is just hit me in the gut how many parallels I see uh, between sometimes my own failings, but also failings I see from the church at large on certain things. And it's, it's, I say the words cautionary tale a lot on this podcast, but Acts is a cautionary tale for the body of Christ today, particularly in America, mm -hmm. like very few other books are. And it's just been hitting me over and over again, like, oh my gosh, that's us. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's us. And so, yeah, I've been devouring it for that reason. And I think there's a lot of goodness in there for the body of Christ to learn from uh, for, the, for God's good and for God's glory, for our good and for enhancing our ministry on earth. We could probably do a whole season on Acts. We but like, should. And we will. It is it, insane. Like, if we talk about, and we'll probably talk about the, the topic of ecumenism at some point, mm -hmm. but ecumenism, or in other words, church unity, mm -hmm. just like, if you want uh, a study on that, read Acts. Yep. There are so many stories that speak to that. Mm -hmm. It's insane. Um, and that just cut at some things mm -hmm. that I, I see in the church today and I hear, mm. you know, in the broader church um, yeah. and the body of Christ that like read Acts and you're going to wake up, you're mm. going to get woke. And even like the, so many things of just conflicts between the church and the Jewish people at the time, conflict between the church and Pharisees at the time who believed in themselves to be right with God. But like we said in our last episode, completely missed the point, even though what was what happened was scriptural. It's oh, it's it is a lot. I'm, I'm going to stop us here because we'll start ranting about not what this episode is about. This episode is about Gomer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this week's passage is from the book of Hosea uh, in chapter two, verses six through eight and verses 14 and 15, as well as Hosea chapter three, verses one through three. If you have your Bible and you aren't driving, you can start turning there now while I set the scene. Gomer had had it all. A marriage to a godly man, three children, and freedom from her past life of prostitution. But one day she began to wonder. She began to consider all that she had left behind to be with this prophet. Familiar comforts began to whisper to her. She began to think that maybe her past life wasn't all that bad. So she left without telling her husband and returned to her life of harlotry. But something was different. Those familiar comforts weren't 
as she remembered. They didn't satisfy as she hoped they would. It wasn't what she had. Then she turned and saw him. Her husband, Hosea, the very man she had walked out on, along with their children, was standing before her. Certainly, he had only come to divorce her, rebuke her, and cut her out of his life permanently. Because why else would a man of God come all this way to this part of town to see her? So the Lord speaking. Therefore, behold, I will hedge up your way with thorns and wall her in so that she cannot find her paths. She will chase her lovers, but not overtake them. Yes, she will seek them, but not find them. Then she will say, I will go and return to my first husband, for then it was better for me than now. For she did not know that I gave her grain, new wine and oil and multiplied her silver and gold, which they prepared for Baal. Therefore, behold, I will allure her will bring her into the wilderness and speak comfort, comfort to her. I will give her her vineyards from there and the valley of Accor as a door of hope. She shall sing there as in the days of her youth, as in the day when she came up from the land of Egypt. So Zaya speaking. Then the Lord said to me, Go again, love a woman who is loved by a, by a lover and is committing adultery, just like the love of the Lord for the children of Israel who looked to other gods and loved the raisin cakes of the pagans. So I bought her for myself for 15 shekels of silver and one and a half homers, homers of barley. And I said to her, you shall stay with me many days. You shall not play the harlot, nor shall you have a man. So too will I be toward you. Gentlemen, in what ways is Gomer just like us? So... Gomer is just like us in that after we come to love God, we are constantly being called back to our, our, our old sinful patterns of living prior to our relationship with God. And the twisted part about us, about that, is that while God wants our undivided attention, the devil is satisfied with only like a little bit of our attention uh, because that little bit is enough to distract us fully from loving and obeying God. Um, yeah, we are Gomer. I am so much of Gomer. Yep. Each and every one of us. Yeah. yeah, I think, to your point, Eli, we're just like Gomer because we are far too easily satisfied. Um, and we can <clears throat> look at a life that we have that is one in Christ in which we are provided for in so many ways, even beyond just our earthly bodies. And sometimes at the drop of a hat, it's like, oh, here's this other thing that does not satisfy me or leads me away from the Lord, um, those familiar comforts. And we give in to them as if what Jesus offers us isn't so much better um, than what we have. You know, we talked last uh, week about Judas and how we need to see him as a real person. And his story is a very real story. And so much so, if not more so with Gomer, about how quickly we are distracted from the love of God, how quickly we are persuaded away from the, the sufficiency of God and how easily we're satisfied with things that do not come close to measuring up to him. Yeah, we're like Gomer because we're way too easily satisfied. We settle for such crap. Like, it, and it's, it's beautiful because God even writes, therefore I will block her paths with thorn bushes. I will wall her in so, so she cannot find her way. She will chase after her lovers but not catch them. She will look for them, but not find them. Then she will say, I will go back to my husband, um, to my, uh, to my husband, 
as at first, for then I was better off than now. Like, one of the beautiful things about God's character is that he will make our pursuit of sin futile mm. um, in an effort to bring us back. And he'll frustrate our schemes when we try to separate ourselves from him. I don't want this, God. I don't want, it. I don't want anything that's about you. Oh, I'm going like, to make your life difficult so that you come back to me then. Mm-hmm. Love it. I love that. It's rough to go through, but I also <laughs> love that about God's uh, relentless love for us. Mm-hmm. Amen. It, I think this speaks to both your points, but I was reminded of the prodigal son, mm-hmm. um, especially in verse seven, where God speaking about Gomer says, um, she shall pursue her lovers, but not overtake them. Just as you said, Eli, um, then she shall say, I will go and return to my first husband for it was better with me then, than than now. And like settling for mm-hmm. these things. And like the prodigal son, what he thought he knew what he wanted and he settled for his inheritance and he realizes sitting in the pig pen mm-hmm. that it was better it was better for the his father's servants um just like gomerson realized it was better in the way that um jose loved her um and uh it just it's it was similar uh, i got the prodigal son kind of vibes and and how how really it was the Lord kind of orchestrating a situation so that she realizes it. And I, I think it's a similar situation. Of course, the prodigal son is a parable, so it's not something that actually happened. But it's this, there's a, there's something there about how the Lord orchestrates and, and, and like there's so much more goodness for the, in the Lord's love for us and following the Lord. And, and then we're so fickle. We're so much like Gomer, like, I think I know what I want for myself and I, and I, and, and we think we know what's better and that it's going to be better. And it's, it's not, yeah. it's not. And sometimes we know that it's not like, yeah. better. It's like <laughs> yeah. sometimes like I'm going to, it is like, I'm going to strike out on my own, like the prodigal son, cause this is going to be dope. And it's like, this was not dope, <laughs> but sometimes it's like, this is going to be crap and I know it's going to be crap, yeah. but I'm going to do it anyway. And I think, uh, to, Connecting it to Goma, she's a woman who was brought out of a life of prostitution. Mary Hosea had kids and then went back to that life of prostitution. And like on the surface, um, again, knowing that it's like those are two very, very different things. Um, why would you go back to it? I think there is something at least I found in, in myself that, you know, when we're walking along with Christ, we know that we're we know that he has us. We know that what he's offering us is better for us. But it also requires so much more of us. And I think that kind of a mod, like a way to humanize a Gomer in today is that, you know, the stakes and we're kind of giving ourselves to different pleasures and sins that like aren't going anywhere. They're just futile. As Eli said, there's nothing that's really expected of us. Like there's nothing in that that requires much of us except to be satiated by those things, even if it's for a moment. But when we're walking with the Lord, he takes care of us, but he also puts us through the ringer. He also calls us his own and then commissions us to be ambassadors to Christ. There is a responsibility that comes with being a disciple of Jesus Christ. And I think that sometimes, at least for me, and I think about ways that I kind of, I've like returned back to familiar sins or mistakes or things that I know won't satisfy me is because it's like, I didn't like, it's as fear of like, well, I don't really need to try here. It's kind of retreating to when nothing is really expected of me because those sins are there not to help me accomplish anything, but to just pull me away from the like life itself. And so I think there is something there that's just today, like being Gomer means 
seeing the cost of discipleship and choosing for something we know is not as good as Jesus is, partially because we know it will not cost us anything that at least in the short term would be in, is painful to lose. In the long term, absolutely. But there's no responsibility with those mm. sins. There's no responsibility with that. And it's so easy to say, this is better because I don't have to try. That, that's a really interesting, because even like looking at the story of Jose and Gomer, Gomer, the cost of being a wife and a mother is like sacrifice. Like she, she's the mother of children. She has a husband. Uh, who was a prophet and was, like probably yeah. didn't live in any like luxury, just like was a prophet of the Lord in the Old Testament. There's, there's, there's a cost, there's sacrifice, there's responsibility. But playing the role of the harlot has none. Yeah. So that, yeah, just practically in the story, that's a very interesting point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved I loved that point. You better preach. Um, yeah, you speaking to like that partially being the draw, and I think another portion of like returning to old ways, um, like and I've felt this certainly um, in the early stages of being separated from my sinful patterns. The Lord's like, I'm I'm going to take this away from you now because you're mine. Um, you go through this period, this strange phase of missing sin, mm. um, and and eventually you move on to not having like very strong sinful urges anymore. Like they de- like God blesses you because of this presence of the Holy Spirit to like decrease in your urge, like the compulsiveness of it. Um, and sometimes in the absence of those strong urges, I have felt myself wanting to want them again. Mm. I have like found myself missing the fondness I used to have. Mm. Um, Simply because that was what I was familiar with. I would, that was my status quo. Um, and you sort of feel naked when you don't have what you're familiar with to fall back on during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, in Psalm 103.12, the psalmist wrote, As far as the east is from the west, so far has God removed your transgressions from you. And we feel that distance, and it's uncomfortable. Um, but oftentimes for the sake of being holy like God is holy and righteous like God is righteous. Um God will call us to live in that discomfort of growing up mm. um, until we grow familiar with being around him and his people. Mm. Mm. Um, and yeah, I, I, I totally, there's no condemnation for me for Gomer. Like I yep. feel her, like I get it. Um, but I also praise be to God am face to face with his relentless love of like, uh, I'm not letting you go. Get, get, get back here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's something in there about re, relearning and how, having to have our hearts and our minds rewired to want the right things. Yeah. And that comes with time. And yeah. Same thing, I don't, I don't knock Gomer because we've all been there. Of like, yeah. I don't want to want this anymore. And I want to want this thing more. I need God through his Holy Spirit to rewire my thinking and my desires so that I want the things that I want to want this sounds like uh, paul in romans 7 with <laughs> that which i do but i do not <laughs> oh, dr seuss in the bible <laughs> one homer of barley two <laughs> oh speaking of homers of barley um uh one and a half homers of barley and 15 shekels was what he paid to get his own wife back right and i googled it one in 1.5 homers of barley is the equivalent of about 330 liters of a liquid. So imagine 330 uh, bottles of so- liter bottles of soda. Oh my gosh! Fill wow. all of those with barley. That's a lot of farming. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of effort. Yeah. Restoration and reconciliation don't come cheap. Woo! 
Say that mm. again. And I, you said something earlier while we were t- you. It was it was something about like having to pay for something that was already yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, could you like bring that up again? You mentioned it. There's there's a pastor. Uh, I think he's still a pastor. And Judas Smith who preaches on this story of Hosea and Gomer, and he says um, Hosea like. In, pay, in like bringing Gomer back, he paid for what was already his. Mm. Um, like the the in the the way he said it was, he paid for what he already owned, which like is different. She's a person, but also the Bible at the time was like that's a whole other thing. But he <laughs> paid for what was already his. <laughs> yeah. Um. And so there's this notion of like that that's ultimately what God is doing with us. That's what he did with Christ. Like we already belong to God. Mm-hmm. But God offered Himself up to Preach. get back His own, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and the beauty of like what God tells Hosea to do when He gets after Gomer again, like it's a microcosm of what God's love is for Israel at the time, and but also now all of His children. Mm-hmm. Um, God is ultimately putting Hosea in His own shoes and saying, "Look, this is how I loved you and all of my people." I faithfully pursue you even when you disrespect and dishonor and disobey me. Um, and so therefore, Hosea, when you proclaim my judgments against Israel, which he does throughout the book of Hosea, um, I want you to know my heart and the depth of my affection for my people well enough to understand why I am grieved by their infidelity to me. Mm. When they like obsess with other gods, when they invite other cultures in and take on their baggage, when they actively resist me because of this, that, and the other, like, I want you to know my heart so that when you preach, you can do it in a way that's informed. Mm. Yeah. I love that about God sharing his, himself with Hosea in this, in this account. Mm. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I think we were alluding to it, but like, I think also, um, we, we are like Gomer in that God pursues us relentlessly and, and, we, and just to kind of explicitly like say it. Um, and, and for Hosea, it was, it was, it was experienced for him. Um, as you just said, Eli, but that's how we're, we're also like Gomer, um, Hosea in the shoes of the Lord in this situation was pursued relentlessly. I, I, I love the exposition that you gave in the, in the intro of like, what is this man doing here in the city at this place? It can surely, it can only be to divorce me, um, to, mm. to, you know, whatever, uh, to give me up to the, to the righteous, to the authorities or whatever. Mm. No, to give mercy, to claim you, um, back come home. and, and to come home, to bring you back home, to pursue you in the dark, in the darkness, in the places that no prophet should ever have been. Mm-hmm. Um, which is something you said in, in one of the original talks where you did this and I loved it, but that, that's, that's God to us yeah. <laughs> in, in our filth, in places where the righteous son of God, the, the God of the universe should not be in darkness and sin. He comes and says, come home. Amen. Mm. Amen. Well, well, yeah, I th- the Lord pursues us so like relentlessly and aggressively. And, it, and we see it here and other places in the Bible. Part, part of it is because he, like the, the human, the humanity of God in Christ is something we talk about, especially in the first season, but we did in our last episode talking about Judas and how Jesus was human enough to be, but actually be betrayed by Judas. Like it had to have meant something to him, but also human enough to love mankind enough to like 
willingly enter into that. And so I think that to both of those points, like a way that we grow and become like Gomer and returning with Hosea, returning to God is remembering that like our turning away from God does grieve him and does hurt him and is something that he himself like feels like there's a there's a um verse in psalm 78 uh where they're kind of laying out israel's wandering in the desert and talking about all the things that have kind of happened and it's it's there but it's also in a lot of other places where basically like god with us when we turn away to those familiar comforts when we give in to those kind of like whisperings of what we used to have is in the same way that like we would get offended like god gets offended not just because this is against him but because it is something we're putting in the place of him and he himself is enough and it's this this thing of am i not enough for you and we see it really clearly with the example of jose and gomer of like objectively what she had with jose was better than what she had before him and she goes back and i think that's god with us of like he is so eager to show that he is more than enough for us and so in psalm 78 there's like uh this passage that talks about israel complaining and god's response and it's just over and over again just like they were looking for a way in the wilderness and god provided a way they were looking for food and god provided them away uh and then like they got sick of that and then god provided a way and like literally i think it's in exodus where he provides is it the manna that they get sick of or is it the quail that they get sick of they got sick of the man or they got sick of both so I think he got they got sick of the manna and then God sent quail. Right. Yeah. And yeah. he sent so much quail that they got sick of the right. quail. But it, I might be misquoting that. But there is this sense of God overdoing it to show that because the the issue wasn't that he couldn't do it. The issue was that they thought he couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> and that enough offended God like so much that he was like, You want quail? <laughs> like, I'll give you quail. <laughs> And you're going to get sick of it because I'm it. This is nothing for me. And I think that like, like the, the line in Psalm 78 is men ate angels food and they were filled to the full to kind of paint God in this yeah. like provision, this light of his provision. And that's God so much with us of like, do you not get that I am like, I am, I am the Lord. I am it. Do you not see that I am better than what you have? Like it says that he is a consuming fire. He's jealous for our affections. God gets offended because God is zealous to show us just how good he is. Mm-hmm. And like there's, I think at the end of uh, uh, Hosea, I think it might be in the chapter after this, talking about Israel, Hosea says that, they will, that when people return to the Lord, when Israel returns to the Lord, they will fear the Lord and his goodness. And there's a fierceness with which God desires to be good to us. And he desires to show us just how futile the other things that we go to are. And he's offended when we go back to that because it's like, I'm right here. And I think that that comes out so clearly there and God just being like, no, 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 no. And like wanting to woo us back to him yeah. in a way. Yeah. I. So speaking of being wooed, um, I think we are also... A li- though we are mostly Gomer, I think we are also a little bit like Hosea in this. Ooh. Um, in that God calls us to love people who are difficult to love. Come on. Mm. Um, Preach. Mm. And so, like... Good word. Yeah. And, like, it's... 
you know how much you love someone. We've heard this before, but like you really do know how much you love someone by how far you are willing to go for them. Mm. Um, and that's what he is calling his uh, prophet Hosea to do for his wife. That's what he's training Hosea in. There's a lot of things that like God is training her in, Gomer in, but there's also like a lot of training that he's training Hosea to go in. Um, and so the nature of love revealed in this account is sacrificial. Um, in Matthew 5, at the beginning, or closer to the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, like if anyone slaps you in the right cheek, turn your turn the other cheek. Um, if somebody sues you for your, your, your coat, give them your whole garment. Like there's this like go the extra mile for someone who would even d like dishonor or disrespect or mistreat you, right? Because God is a God who will do that for us. He wants those of us to uh, mimic him in that. Mm -hmm. And I, I know that this is one of my own many weak points in my walk with faith. Um, like, because the question comes up, God, if I spend myself loving people in this way, and loving people in the way that you call me to love people, who's going to look out for me in my self-interest? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm immediately confronted with that question. Um, and God's response to me in my prayer times has often been, not audibly, but I give credit to God's spirit. Uh, it was, and I wrote this down from the last prayer time, was, Eli, beloved, you and I disagree on what your best interest is. Um, firstly, you've never met anyone who loves you more than I love you. Not your mom, not the rest of your family, not your friends. Uh, if and when you get married, not your wife, neither your kids, nobody. You've never met anybody who loves you as fiercely as me. Um, I love you to death and back to life. Ooh. Um, <laughs> secondly, I call other people to look out for you. That's why you have my church. That's why you have family and friends, period. Lastly, what's in your best interest is the salvation of your heart, soul, and mind. These are the immortal parts of you. Mm. Um, that's why I call you to love me with those immortal parts of you. Mm. Um, and the only way for you to preserve those is to follow after my son and live like a citizen of heaven so you can get there. Mm. Um, and so when I, when I, that was like during, that was a, a, a wonderful, but difficult and challenging prayer time for me. It was just like, that's heavy God. Um, yeah. because I struggle with like, who's going to support me. And like you were saying, God is, is so fiercely saying me, I'm it. I'm all you need. I have all the quick. I have all <laughs> so passionately and I like kind of ruined it. So you're, like, like, <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. No, 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 no. I love that. That's a good way to finish this. I'm done. <laughs> I think to your um to your point of like God we are Gomer and God calls us to be Hosea for someone else. Uh I think like I something came to my mind um an example, so my wife Sandy works in schools and she's a speech language pathologist. And so we're both doing virtual learning stuff at home and all, while also getting updates from the county as like Chelsea is as well, Charles. And so it's been hard for everybody, but also really hard for her department in their county because they're getting a lot of uh, ba really bad leadership and negative um, responses from people on the school board and just people who are like higher up in the county. It's been really frustrating. Um, and people making assumptions of them as if they don't really like care and all these things. And so 
my wife was saying like she was really frustrated with that but she then felt the lord like kind of say to her like i was misunderstood too and i was kind of taking advantage of too in those ways and she's like to your point of like allowing god to bring us to humility like hosea to continue to go the extra mile in our ministry even when it's like these people don't care these people don't see what i'm doing they don't appreciate what i've already given doing that and offering that up as a way to enter more into the fullness of who jesus christ is and who he was for us and she's kind of been taking that with her as like yeah jesus saying like i this happened to me as well and kind of taking on that cross of i can be like jesus in this way i can be like hosea in this way and it's kind of helped kind of gauge her perspective going forward well that is all we have time for thank you so much for listening you can check us out at atthewell.podbean.com. We upload new episodes every Monday on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. You can also connect with us on Twitter and Instagram by searching Three Guys at the Well and head over to our Facebook page to keep the conversation going in a space reserved for further discussion of the topics we cover in each week's episode. We'll talk to you next week here at the Well.